Employment is gainful. <laughs> 2020, here we come. Back to liquid gold. Where the decade is young and the stories are untold. Welcome back to a new decade of liquid gold right here on We Own This Town, weownthistown.net. Streaming to you everywhere and wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google. What else is there? Is there anything new for this decade to find a podcast? There's probably a lot of things. But you can find us out there. Do share episodes. Send them around to your friends. We are Liquid Gold. It's a podcast about beverages, about things you drink. Right now we're having some apricot sparkling water because it's a new year. Is it a dry January? I don't know about that. We'll get into that a little bit. My name is Mike Wolf. Along with my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Dedman. He is newsy and he is boozy. How we doing, Kenneth? Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. Happy New Year, Mike. Yeah. I'm doing good. Highly caffeinated as as always. And I know you don't mess around with no dry January BS or any of that. So no, no but I understand it. I yeah. understand it. Mm-hmm. I do like dry Sundays sometimes. Not during the football season. Right. Not during football or basketball season. So it's kind of a... It's kind of an August, or it's kind of a July thing. Right. Dry July. I understand the dry the, the dry January thing. Like it's good taking to in all those calories and you need to need to get your your bod bod back, your beach bod. Yeah. Spring break Some right folks around out the there corner. Have a have a dad bod. <laughs> I got kind of a deadbeat dad bod. <laughs> a deadbeat dad bods, yeah. I'm a dad. I got the bod. <laughs> got the bod to prove it. We are just stoked to have y'all back. Thanks for listening and yeah. sharing it with all your friends. We're knocking off the cobwebs here. It's been a it's been a couple of weeks since we've been in here. We had our mildly controversial episode with Nicolette where we were just having fun. We were partying. Yeah. We were at a, a hotel room late at night after a night out. You know, we thought it'd be a good New Year's Eve kind of vibe. We're drinking champagne and and it got loose. And we talked about fast food a lot. Yeah. Which was unexpected, but it's just it's just kind of how it goes. Then we went and ate fried chicken. Then we went and ate a bunch of fried chicken. So we probably could use, you know, kind of a, a, a new year cleanse, new decade cleanse. We're going to talk all about the decade that was today and uh, looking ahead to this decade. What is it going to look like? What are people going to be drinking by the end of this decade? Uh, a couple things to hit on. We do want to throw a shout out to our sponsor, Walker Jewelry out there in Old Hickory, Tennessee. You can find them walkerjewelry.com at Walker Jewelry on Instagram. Lindsay Walker, super talented and is doing jewelry classes, has space to rent out. And that's a really neat little area of town as well. So check that out in Old Hickory, Walker Jewelry. We also want to let you know that we have our email is live, so you can hit us up, liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. That is liquidgoldpod at gmail.com. Hit us up with any questions, comments, mess with us, talk some trash, complaints. Drop your fury. We have uh, Darren. Darren, are you checking? Are you checking? Yeah. Okay. Darren is checking the email, and we'll be responding, as will we. But something we like to do on the show occasionally um it can be nice we get around town when we can we like to get out there and drink and dine and all those things uh we've got some recent dining drinking experiences kenneth you recently checked out the newly revamped treehouse sure did dude. and i'm hearing amazing things yeah i fucking and, loved uh, it uh tell me about your experience over there treehouse over there in five points it was killer man um 
like it was it was just like an all out great evening that 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 I got to share with friends. Uh, one of my one of my best buddies, uh, Dolan. Shout out to Dolan. I'm, he's a listener out out there in Trinity County, California. He was in town. Um, he just been shot by his by his uh, by his business partner and was wow. First time back in Tennessee since since all that went down. He's healthy, uh, very spryful. Uh, we were we were originally going to go to to Dino's and just get a quick bite, but Dino's had that had that line out the door, and we're like, oh man, oh man, like uh, Treehouse, let's check it out. Um, so the chef over there, um, we know him a little bit. We've known him. He worked at Husk, Christopher Giannino. Yeah, Christopher Giannino. Maybe he pronounces it Giannino. I think it's Giannino. Um, or is that just because the Brazilian guitars are Giannini? I've always wanted one. He's a really nice guy. I think he's, he's awesome. He, he's too polite to correct you. Probably. He's a really nice no, guy. Not really. He's a great <laughs> chef. Um, he did uh, one thing I saw on his Instagram recently a rabbit and dumpling dish that just looked phenomenal. He's doing some really cool stuff like poaching shrimp, butter poached shrimp. But yeah, tell us a little bit about what you had over there that really got you stoked. Well, we immediately got down on some sparkling. Um, they had a great Cremant, and by the end of the meal, we had had like two two bottles of it, which was great. We got a little loose that night. Um, what you would freaking love there is uh, they had a really great roasted carrot dish, which is like Ooh, your jam, my jam. Yeah, um, love, but, love those carrots. Oh, cook man. all we, the we had nutrition s- out. We had so <laughs> much. We had so much, so much stuff there. We had uh, we had like a polenta polenta and shrimp dish. Uh, we had two beef, different beef dishes, tore it up, which is uh, kind of rare in my, in, to me. I don't, I don't really mess with steak that much. Mm-hmm. I like steak. I just don't eat it a couple of times a year, really. Crap, what, the tartare. Had the tartare, uh, pe- peel and eat shrimp. Shit, Mike, we, mm. had, we had like... Sounds like a surf and turf we, feast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, said that. we said that a few times. Excellent. We just wanted to say it. Yeah, it's fun to say. A little uh, surf and turf. But no, was that no, Tony I'll, Soprano? We'd get into that. But it was great. It was great. Uh, I hadn't been to Treehouse in a while. I was really. It was amazing to see Chris and the crew there, and um, and I can't wait to get. I can't wait to get back. I'll probably probably in the next week or two. Yeah, great spot there in Five Points, the Treehouse, and shout out to Chef Chris, Chris Giannino. Hit us up if we said your name wrong, and we will correct it on a future show. But uh, congrats to him and their kind of revamp. Relaunch Treehouse. My dining drinking experience recently of note, I actually went out for New Year's Eve dinner. You know what they say? It's amateur night. Who in their right mind goes out on New Year's Eve? Well, it just so happened my father-in-law was in town. We were going to a show. We went to see Marty Stewart, John Prine at the Opry House, which is right across the river from my house. So that was cool. cool. I didn't have to go go downtown. But yeah, we went to Lyra and Chef Harant, a Raclian. And he's amazing. He does uh, Lebanese food. He is doing, they're doing an Armenian dinner coming up. Um, and he's just super talented. And these are flavors that are really hard to get around town and very unique flavors. Sure. He's bringing a lot of kind of a modern edge to that cuisine. And, and the drinks are always great. There's a lot of uh, cool Lebanese wine that they have. So it's just an ex- un- and it's it's an experience unlike any other that you can have in town. So I really enjoyed that. So shout out to Lyra, Liz, 
we are looking to get in for a future episode. Liz is kind of the bar master over there. Longtime Nashville rock star bartender. I like that place, man. You did a little stunt there. I, I yeah. really enjoyed it. Now, so before we get into the decade that was, we've got our top three cocktails that shaped the last decade. Mm. Uh, and before we get into that, it's worth noting my book, Garden to Glass, Grow Your Drinks from the Ground Up, is out. It's been out for about two months now, and I'm starting to take it out there, take it around to different cities. Um, I'll be in D.C. and New York City in April, be in Charleston next month. I'll be in Denver in March. I'll be in Chicago in May, and I will be in Atlanta basically the day this comes out. I'll be in Atlanta Thursday, this Thursday the 16th at Cold Beer in Atlanta, which is also which is not only a delicious beverage, it's an amazing restaurant Indeed. in Atlanta from Chef Kevin Gillespie, who's just a, a legend down there, and our friend and good pal and artist from the book, which is amazing, Brian Baxter, really talented uh, painter as well as a talented chef, and we'll be pairing some small bites from Baxter and some uh, garden gin and tonics. So kind of the Spanish-style gin and tonics that we talked to Craig Schoen from Peninsula about. We'll be featuring some of those. Mercedes O'Brien and the bar team at Cold Beer are just amazing. It's a very creative cocktail program. So I'm looking forward to getting in there and mixing it up with them and doing a really fun event that is this Thursday, January 16th in Atlanta, 5 to 7 p.m. at Cold Beer right there off the Beltway. That's great, Mike. And, and you'll be coming along. We'll be taking liquid gold on the road. You'll be coming along, hopefully, to Charleston, Chicago, and uh, you should come to New York. We're going to get into this a little bit. So three cocktails that made the decade, the 2010s. So this is these, these are the three that we, that we came to an agreement on. So number three, we have Moscow Mule. Mm. You could argue, and now when I really was thinking about it, it was like this was the decade of the Moscow Mule because... At the beginning of the decade, yes, it was it was out there. It was around. People were drinking them. But I really feel like it was 2012, 2013. You really started to see it take hold where just everyone, all walks of life, young, old, whoever, people wanted those Moscow mules. Yeah. Yeah. It was an easy name to remember. and uh, But, yeah, it's definitely volume-wise the drink I made the most of in the last 10 years. It's a drink of uh, tolerance, actually. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a it's a kind of a tug of war with, with the, uh, the the drinking world. Because, mm. of course, the, the Moscow Mule's original recipe calls for a copper mug or a little shiny mug or yeah. glass or whatever. It's got to it's got to be it's got to be shiny. Yeah. And, and we talked about that. Yeah. That it was interesting that. As the Moscow Mule really took hold and people started getting copper copper mugs, you'd see copper mugs around town at bars that were specializing in mules. And then what we noticed was people started to expect, where's the copper mug? Like, you don't have a copper mug? That's ridiculous. Yeah. And the bar, the bars and the bar world kind of had to fight back and say, well, everyone's stealing them. And that became the thing is people would steal the copper mugs. Right. Then you'd have to give a deposit down. So this is a drink. Nearly ruled the decade. Now, we have it at number three. Didn't quite creep up to number one for us. But, yeah, you have... I, I think it is cool when you have a drink, like a mint julep, where, like, the glass is part of it. Sure. It's an it's an integrative experience. This was interesting in that uh, 
the the copper mug kind of had to fall away because people would steal it and bars didn't want to put up with that right so that might not have been the case back in the days of the mint julep well there was always also the argument it's like do you like the mug or do do you like the drink you know because i saw that a lot if you didn't have the mug they wouldn't order a moscow mule from you because because I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't call it juvenile or anything but um it had little to no effect on the actual flavor of the drink and if 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 you're blind if you're blind <laughs> what 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 does it matter well i think that i do so i do appreciate the copper mug thing like i got a few as a gift a long time ago i have a few yeah and and it, it is nice just because it keeps your drink super cold. So mm-hmm. it can be nice mm-hmm. in the summertime. It's going to keep it colder, and that's cool. Um, but it's not worth it for bars and for bar owners to be buying all these copper mugs and see them walk out the door. Certainly. Um, so that was an interesting thing. So we, we'll go ahead and give you a recipe. We'll throw out uh, an, an ounce and a half to, to two or three ounces of vodka, yeah. however you want it to go. And then we'll say a half ounce to three quarter ounce to an ounce of lime juice anywhere around there. And then you could do like a really nice uh, ginger cordial, which we're going to talk a little bit about ginger at the end of this episode, or just you top it with ginger beer. And there's a lot of great ginger beers out there. I do like the cock and bull ginger beer, which is just cool because it's a it's a re- revamp of that brand from Hollywood where the Moscow mule originated. This was a drink that came out of a bar in Hollywood uh, called the cock and bowl. So I think it was cool that, that, uh, that, that, that ginger beer got revived. And I think it was, it's really good. Fever tree was really popular this whole decade. Q makes a really good ginger beer. Yeah. We're big fans of the Blenheim, Blenheim out of South Carolina. It's just like the pepperiest, most bold, crazy, Super flavorful, very spicy. Indeed. Um, I love that one. So that's great. If you're making cocktails, reach for Blenheim. Yeah. Future sponsors that we're not going to throw under the bus. So Moscow Mule, easy drink, but it definitely had a hold on this decade. However, it was not quite enough to overtake our number two. What's interesting about this next cocktail is I, I definitely remember it becoming a thing. And this was like 2008, 2009. And I think, I'm thinking that Anthony Bourdain had a decent amount of uh, influence on this next drink because he would drink them on the show and chefs started to drink them. Restaurant people started to drink them. We're talking about the Negroni. Uh, You could, it probably is not enough to take that number one spot, but Negroni was a big deal this whole decade and really just grew to where Negroni week became such a thing. Yeah. I mean, genius marketing by Campari. They're like, well, we'll just go ahead and make a week out of it and sell a ton of Campari and get some money to charity and all that. So that's great. But, uh, the Negroni really grew in popularity and just became a staple by the end of the decade where at the beginning, say in 2010, Negroni was still like a drink that bartenders drank chefs, foodies a little bit but then i'd say you know four years later say 2014 people are are to the point where uh foodies and people who just like to go out to restaurants are getting more curious about it they're starting to order it and then bars start to do their takes on it on a negroni which is a great it's a great template to do a take on because it is equal parts of three ingredients so you could take like oh for the gin i'm gonna sub tequila for the campari i'm gonna sub aperol and for the sweet vermouth, I'm going to sub dry vermouth. And then you have a 
you have a pretty wild but cool clean cocktail right. so it's a great template um thousands of different ways to do it yeah. i think what's cool about the negroni um and and you're right about the timeline i i feel like the first time that i ever saw one being drinking was it was by a local chef and you know people are people are really like want to dial in what like what chefs drink what chefs eat and uh mimic mimic that in their lives and um but the coolest thing about the negroni is it ushered in like all of these other um like entire category of bitter spirits that has just exploded like not just variations of the, the negroni which are in the thousands, but uh, like amaros and aperitifs that were otherwise overlooked or dusty on the back of the bar, if they were even there, are now like prominent in all kinds of other riffs on other cocktails. Freaking killer! Like yeah, the black, I, it, like the Negroni, kind of like popularized the Black Manhattan as well. You know, like bourbon or, or rye and and an amaro. You the bar I worked at in Denver. Campari was on the very top shelf where we had to get the ladder. We had one of those sliding ladders. Really right. cool. Old school place. If someone ordered something with Campari, we had a, a semi-regular. wasn't in a ton, but she always ordered Campari and soda. And I always remembered that. So she would come walking in. You'd get on the ladder. You'd get up there. You'd grab the Campari down. Now it's in the well yeah. at, at so many places, which is crazy. And now we have these American companies, uh, Don Ciccio, places like that. Yeah. They're making... Campari like uh, spirits, which in like 2006, yeah. you would have said like, if you think they're going to be making bitter orange and Campari spirits in America, you are wrong. Right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, well, yeah. Now everyone, there's like a lot. You got of Fourth them. Ave in uh, in New York and Brooklyn, uh, like St. George over in, in the Bay Area. They, they 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 they've got a great like the Americano Bruto. If tariffs go up. We're all of these. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if the tariffs go up on all of these European brands, then like. All the American brands are just going to suck up that market and yeah. divide it. So pretty amazing. The Negroni had a, a, a huge effect on how we drank uh, this whole last decade. And then our the easy recipe to follow, one ounce Campari or other bitter orange aperitif or bitter orange spirit, uh, one ounce of gin, one ounce of sweet vermouth. And generally served over the rocks with an orange express and an orange slice is nice as well mm -hmm. and this is a great cocktail for the late afternoon into the evening it's a whole ritual in italy it's a beautiful thing and if you're interested to check one out or make one at home it is the easiest cocktail to make and yeah, so, stir it with your finger yeah shout out gary regan <laughs> a legend we lost in the last decade which brings us to number one the cocktail of the 2010s it's the drink that doesn't go away I think that the bourbon renaissance, the bourbon boom, really helped uh, this drink stay extremely relevant. We're talking about the old-fashioned. Mm. Easy to say uh, this decade was ruled by the Moscow Mule or the Negroni or something else, but I, you come back to it just because it's, it's, it's one of those beautiful things that stands the test of time and that is just not going away anytime soon. People right. still order a ton of them. Um, I think you can even work in rum old fashioned, Oaxacan old fashioned, the mezcal old fashioned. Sure. That was very popular. General, um, general fashion. Even a gin old fashioned. But for the most part, the bourbon and rye old fashioned still kind of ruled 
the decade because I feel like it, it got sort of crested in popularity in the middle part of the decade, I think, where it just seemed like everybody was making creative old fashions. Everyone had like their seasonal old fashioned. You'd have a summer one, you'd have a fall, you'd have a winter. It, you saw it kind of wane in popularity a little bit, maybe in 2016, 2017. I feel like it came back again. It's just one of those drinks that like goes away a little bit, comes back. And it's always a, a true test of a bartender's skill and ability. Like, can you make a good old fashioned? So we have we need to cover that on a whole episode. We've been talking about that doing our well, yeah. old fashioned episode. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it's it, a it's a huge cocktail. It's a it's huge a, thing. It's a big subject, yeah. Like uh I always saw it like as the whiskey boom was coming was coming about, it was a really great like it had a really great symbiotic relationship with the the whiskey boom because a lot of a lot more folks were drinking whiskey. And a lot of folks wanted to drink whiskey, but they, they didn't necessarily want like the harshness of a whiskey rocks or neat. And the old fashioned made made all of these whiskeys that folks wanted to try a lot more like approachable. So it was it was in a lot of ways like the whiskey drink for people that don't necessarily like 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 whiskey and uh, opened up the doors for a lot of folks in that area. And now those folks are drinking like barrel proof, non chill filtered whiskey's neat now like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. eight years later it's pretty crazy so old-fashioned recipe that we would give you probably in a separate glass that you're drinking from so in like a mixing glass two to three dashes of angostura maybe a bar spoon or a quarter ounce of a simple syrup or a rich demerara syrup or a maple syrup mm. um, but some kind of rich flavor that's going to add to the body of the drink anywhere from an eighth ounce to a quarter ounce and then two ounces of bourbon or maybe rye, any other spirit you want. You could do a scotch old-fashioned. You could do a Oaxacan old-fashioned, tequila old-fashioned. And stir all that up. And what you're doing, you want to stir that with a lot of ice and get some water in there to open things up and then strain it over one big ice cube in a nice, big, manly <laughs> rocks glass and give it a little uh, citrus zest, a little, little orange peel or lemon peel. It's it's the most simple cocktail. It is kind of the original cocktail, but uh, it is not going anywhere. And it it was a fixture for this past decade. Hmm. All right. So looking ahead. So what does the next decade look like? Here we are. We're we're at the precipice of a, a new decade, and the world has totally changed from now since you know if we were looking at 2010. Uh, this decade looks nothing like the past decade because now we have all these very specialized European style, other creative spirits are being made. We talked about Don Ciccio. They make all these beautiful Italian spirits right yeah. here in America. Yeah. Ivy city, DC, which is incredible. And, and you're seeing that in New York city, Colorado, everywhere, really Yeah, Tennessee, um, Oklahoma, these, uh, these Amaros, these vermouths and very interesting gins all being made in the States. So we're kind of at the beginning of, or in the middle of a golden age of just distilling, you know, yeah. people are distilling in the States and getting very creative and producing amazing things. Um, so that's definitely an interesting thing we're looking at for the, for the twenties flavored vodka coming back. Flavored yeah. vodka had a big, uh, had a big hold on like the two thousands, the yeah. early part of the two thousands. I can remember working at a bar. We had like, they had like 50 kinds of vodka. Yeah. Um, no, I, you, you could name any flavor. And it's they embarrassing. It's like, <laughs> like jelly beans. So that is definitely making its way back. They're calling it botanical vodka now. Yeah, it's, it's sort of it's like tapping gin, on the window right now of the market. 
that's becoming a thing. Uh, canned non-alcoholic beverages like canned kombuchas that sort of brand themselves like craft beer, tonics, other things like that, sort of healthier beverages. Yeah, I could that see that. Are, you know branded and and very focused from an ingredient standpoint that's definitely going to be a thing uh we talked a little bit about this before the show because we know here on liquid gold tequila is unfair tequila is unfair why is it unfair because it's so delicious it goes with anything it pairs with a lot of things mostly anything and what we're wondering is is aged tequila the next bourbon yeah aged tequila is like a new not really new but um it's 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 becoming a like the high end aged tequila is becoming kind of a new category that people are getting excited about. Yeah, I'm seeing more and more like more and more. Um, but that, I think that has a lot to do with the growth of it, or at least in the American market. Uh, a lot of these single estate tequila tequila brands are getting popularized. They're kind of finding their own like little markets in the United States. If you go back ten years, can you name one single estate single estate uh, tequila that we had? In Middle Tennessee, Mike, was, I, I doubt that there was one. And now... Don Julio, maybe. I don't know. Like, I think like the focus on like su- sustainability with the agave and um, yes. and that, that goes hand in hand with, with single estate tequilas, hence the aging, aging of tequilas as well, like gaining popularity. Yes. yes. Yeah, because you didn't extra- see much like seven, eight year nine-year aged tequila you would not you even would never have seen that ago, five I never years saw ago. these yeah. extra añejos i heard about them. them i imagine that they existed but i never really came across them and if i did the price point was like a little bit too much per chance at at that time mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. another thing grains is uh, in respect to whiskeys and and, mm-hmm. and distilling different grains using different grains for whiskey we saw a little bit of that people getting creative and what i think that we are going to see is People using heirloom grains and really the focus on how things are farmed, how they are sustainably raised from seed to uh, to distilling, to, right? To seed distill. No, no. There's just going to be <laughs> in the, my next book. <laughs> like with the whiskey boom, there, there's there's a there's a kind of a uh, a scramble to uh, to differentiate each each distillery and its product from others. So a lot of them are starting, starting to invest in, in farming practices. And know Buffalo trace, uh, has mm-hmm. a couple of cornfields on on premises, and yeah. they're, they're looking to. You broke that on a recent yeah. episode of Liquid Gold, yeah. But not only, not only are they doing that, but they're also, they're also, um, um, getting very, very specific types of corn and, 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 and other grains and that transparency all, Although it's it's nice in practice, it's also like a really great marketing. marketing it is, tool and them. I will say, for me, it has always been more of a marketing thing than anything I've tasted. Sure, and I've tasted specialized corn that's made into whiskey, special, you know, heirloom grains that's made into a really nice, you know, lightly aged like a two year whiskey or something like that. And you're still like, you know what? I still prefer a six year rye to this, you know, specialized two-year whiskey right right so i'm you know healthily skeptical about about that side of things i'll be you know when someone hands me a whiskey that's like this is this heirloom corn and you can really taste it i'll be surprised if that is the case right i don't don't know know. i've been a little skeptical what can i say the 20s might turn me around Mm -hmm. um another thing the cbd trend of using cbd in cocktails and non-alcoholic drinks is that going away as a 
cocktail trend or are we just kind of at the beginning of that, the world's of plant-based substances slash drugs uh, and alcohol, are they going to continue to kind of merge? Like, are we going to see uh, psilocybin cocktails in bars? Are we going to see cocktails with THC that that really kind of can 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 do some damage to you like uh in a good way like a zombie yeah. like a, a cocktail that can really <laughs> what am i trying to say put you on a plane well yeah i, I say yes <laughs> I, I say yes to all of the above the only thing that i, th- I think is going to happen um in, in regards to cbd is it's going to go away it's kind of filling a gap like a legal gap in this country as far as that stuff's concerned. And once they've on the federal level, that stuff's all figured out. Like this stuff is going to be all over the market and it'll be around for a while. I think like, like you've already seen with the vape boom that a lot of people don't want to like smoke their marijuana. They want to like vaporize it. And, um, the ones that are, have fear of vaping, they might just want to drink it now. Yeah. And as far as the psilocybin, that that's just going to be on the, the coattails of of that boom and we'll see what happens with that yeah that, mush- that might be mushroom a, that might be Manhattan. a while but but maybe not maybe yeah. not and away we go it's gonna be wild um so we'll be keeping an eye on that on those stories and other stories right here on liquid gold as we head into a new decade before we go today we should talk we should check in with our man <laughs> Booze News with Kenneth Dedman, 2020 edition. What's booze worthy of late? Uh, well, Mike, uh, let's start off on a somber note and uh, extend uh, Liquid Gold best wishes to the family of Al Young and the entire Four Roses Bourbon family. Al was a uh, brand ambassador and former uh, plant manager uh, for Four for, for Roses. Right about five, uh, five decades, he actually uh, wrote the book on Four Roses, uh, which was published in 2010, called Four Roses, The Return of a Whiskey Legend, which is uh, actually a pretty fascinating uh, book. I'd like to thank, like to thank Al for his, for his 50-plus years of service with Four Roses. He, he really uh, stuck with the brand in, the, in the, the dark days and was with it all the way to the end when he passed away on Christmas Day of 2019. So... Thanks, Al. Um, rest in peace, rest in power. In tequila news, Michael Jordan um, is celebrating the launch of his own uh, tequila brand called Sincoro, which Sincoro would be a play on um, the word five. Of course, the brand's all about the ownership. There's five primary investors, and Michael Jordan being one of them. I expect There's, more from the name. I'll say that. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I think it, he probably just signed on to this. Uh, Sincoro boasts that it is made with 100% Weber Blue Agave from private farms in Jalisco. Hand-selected, slow-cooked, blah, 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 blah. Four tequilas range in price from $70 to $1,600 for their extra Añejo um, wow. expression. Um, what's cool outside of this whole like uh, capitalist money grab and shit is uh, that a portion of the proceeds go to the World Central Kitchen, which everybody knows serves something like 200 meals in the Bahamas uh, since uh, Hurricane Dorian. So that's pretty cool. Good for you, I guess, Mr. Jordan. And this is another NBA owner. So Michael Jordan, NBA owner, the Charlotte Hornets. 
and uh, Jeannie Buss, owner of the Los Angeles Lakers. They are co-owners in this tequila brand now. And so the only thing that I have to say about that is this could make for an interesting NBA trade down the road. Like, say there's a key trade where it's like, how did the Lakers get so-and-so from the Hornets? And it's like, well, he gave they're up business stake partners. In the tequila. No, they're business partners. They're friends. They call each other up. Hmm. You know, there, there might be there might be something to that. Definitely going to get get their product into some NBA games in the near future, I'm sure. Yep. In future booze news, just to tease a future episode, we have no word on Trump's wine tariffs right now. The word is still out on the one the possible bragged about 100% tariff on French wines, like French handbags, olive oils, Irish whiskeys, all of which are yet to be implemented. We are going to do a special on this as soon as there is an implementation. Right now, the tariffs are yeah, sitting right around 25%, more. but they are, they are thought or they're, they're teased to go up to 100% in the near future. We're going to have a panel of guests, Mike, yeah. um, very soon, and uh, we're going to tackle this uh, uh, economic slash legal slash... Jam up. Jam up, <laughs> uh, I guess. Jam up um, for our friends who sell really a, amazing, it's weird, affordable French It's a weird season wines. right here. Like, yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got these things going on, and one administration to blame. We're also like on the verge of war, but we're not. We got an impeachment going on. It's pretty fucked up times uh, yeah. in 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 the in the booze news offices right now, trying to figure all this out and how it how it all ties together. Yeah, a lot, oh, of, pa- lot of papers being shuffled in the booze news yeah, dude. Uh, wing. Yeah, we're coming up with uh, impeachment cocktails and whatnot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. the impeach Bellini. Yeah, yeah, the, oh, that's yeah, a good the, one. Yeah, yeah, we already covered the Moscow mule earlier on this episode. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, the Ukrainian mule. The <laughs> Ukrainian mole. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. Ukrainian mole. Oh, oh man. Oh uh, the uh, the Mitch the Mitch julep. The Mitch julep. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, he's the, a Kentucky. The classic uh, white Russian as well. Grab any of those and sit back and watch the news. I don't know. In Florida news, soon to become a new feature on this show called... The Florida Files. The Florida Files. A (laughs) uh, Florida gentleman gets arrested for trying to get an alligator drunk. Timothy Pepke of Hope Sound uh, allegedly fed some beer to the animal, which also bit him. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, according to a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission report, Kimke had told police that he had caught the alligator with his bare hands and was trying to feed uh, to feed him uh, beer from his other hand. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, there is video, but it has been confiscating and, and being held uh, until a future court date. So, no YouTube. Yeah, I, I don't mm. think that this fit, fits in like either a uh, hero or idiot files. So we'll just start up a new one and we'll call that the Florida, the Florida files. Is that yeah. should we call it the South Florida files? <laughs> Be a little bit more specific. Sure. All right. Well, that does it for booze news. Wow. Well, starting the year and the decade off right with plenty of heartwarming and ridiculous stories out there in the world of booze news. Thank you, Mister Kenneth Deadman. Thank you, Mike. We look forward to, uh, yeah, getting into more on the Trump wine tariffs and how that can affect your local wine shop and local businesses that you frequent. And before we go here on Liquid Gold today, since it is the kind of new year, new you, Ginger 
is a is a is an ingredient that you see a lot this time of year that people are getting into. They're trying to be healthier, uh, trying to digest your food maybe a little bit easier. And you see, ginger is great in a lot of non-alcoholic drinks. So a few tips on ginger: you can now you can mimic the bite of ginger by using peppers. Say you you can use jalapenos in your ginger syrup. You can use dried dried cayenne was always my favorite thing to use. Shout out to White Squirrel Farms. I used to get their dried cayenne peppers and use that in a ginger cordial. That really mimics the heat of biting into ginger really nicely. Juicing ginger can be uh, a really nice way. You can add that to like a cup of tea, which is a really nice way. If you are doing dry January, if you're making non-alcoholic drinks at home, using a, a little bit of ginger juice can go a long way. Uh, depending how strong you might want your ginger cordial, if you are peeling and uh, dicing up a bunch of ginger and then steeping that and, and agitating that, cooking that down for 20 to 30 minutes, and then adding your uh, some dried peppers or diced up jalapeno of some sort, you can also add some ginger juice into that and make it really intense. And ginger is, is great for you know inflammation, as we, as we mentioned, digestion. It's great for so many things and um, can also be muddled into drinks. If you, if, if say there's a drink that you want to make or a non and you know, this could be a non-alcoholic drink as well, and you don't want to go to the trouble of making a ginger cordial, you can muddle ginger in a drink. You can dice some, you can peel some ginger, dice it up and shake it into a drink and then strain it out and you can get that same kind of bite. Um, so ginger is a great ingredient to use. And it's one of those things that just kind of makes you feel healthier. So it certainly it's good does, because it good is. for this time of year. It is. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Any thoughts on ginger or anything? <laughs> and then one of my favorite, if, you, if you're not doing dry January, like we're not, we're doing fly January, or we drink awesome things, um, the, the horse's neck, <laughs> bourbon, Angostura bitters, and ginger ale or ginger beer is a great kind of, you could go a little lighter. Uh, with that drink. So you're watching football. Maybe you're not a beer drinker. You want to drink some light, low ABV drinks. Do uh, an ounce of bourbon in each of those those drinks. Little lime, lemon juice, squeeze, a couple dashes of Angostura, and some ginger beer or some ginger ale. And that can be a nice kind of low ABV drink for this time of year. For the Titans game. So that's what a, are you gin- drink- what a are you ginger drinking? on ginger. What are you drinking at the Titans game? <laughs> I'm drinking beer. Beer? Yeah, to steady me. Probably some nice uh, Tecate or maybe something from our friends at Bearded Iris. Mm. Maybe a Pilsner from Smith & Lentz. Maybe something with hops from our friends at Southern Grist. But yeah, beer. I'm drinking beer during the Titans game as well. And I don't have a brand specific. I have a hand specific. You like um, it in your left my hand? My left hand. <laughs> <laughs> and He's our favorite it's gotta be drinker. It's got to be a tall boy or a... Uh, or a tw- or a twenty four ouncer. Uh, foot. I I, I got to drink what they're drinking at the football field, and those are always tall boys. So, so big ups to the boys in blue. Give it up. Yeah, um, here we go. Tennessee Titans. They have had uh, as uh, super broadcaster Tony oh, Romo. Tony Romo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said on air, uh, if the Titans make the Super Bowl, that's one of the toughest roads to the Super Bowl that he's seen in recent years. That was interesting. Derrick Henry is doing things that we have never seen on the football field. Running the ball over 170 yards in two straight playoff games, which no one has ever done. Never. We're seeing some historic play from the 
Tennessee Titans. So Yeah, it's not just the running game, which is the meat of it, for but, sure. I mean, the defense is going well. They're, they're clicking on all, on all cylinders, and a future Hall of Fame punter, Brett Kern, no joke, mm-hmm. one, he'll be one of the only two, he'll be one of two Hall of Fame punters. So on our next episode, we just might be doing Super Bowl preview, Tennessee Titans. That's great. It just might happen. We'll have to get a chef on for for food so though though i'm a yeah yeah we can we can do that for sure so though i am a denver bronco fan i am taking a hand from several of my nashville area friends and have jumped on the bandwagon so it's good to be up here kenneth welcome um thanks for having me on the bandwagon go titans from all our friends at weownthistown.net and producer michael eads shout out michael thank you michael thank you to jess matchin doing the liquid gold logo we've got a cool announcement coming up soon a big announcement all about all things liquid gold don't forget i'll be in atlanta this thursday january 16th from 5 to 7 p.m there at cold beer cold beer for a garden of the glass happy hour we'll be doing garden to glass gin and tonics with bristow gin our friends from cathead distillery give them a shout out uh so we're looking forward to that we will see you on a future episode of liquid gold find us on instagram at liquid gold underscore pod and email us liquidgoldpod at gmail.com kenneth hey it was fun we started another decade how about we that go. for my co-host mr kenneth deadman my name is mike wolf we will see you next time friends later tater <laughs>